Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The song brought so much joy to my spirit. It says, Hallelujah. I don't know if what it means to you that Jesus has won the victory, but you know what it means to me? It means that all the possibilities, all the things that are happening and will happen to me in the rest of, for the rest of my life and for those who are around me, my NLH family and my, and my children and my extended family. Jesus is saying to me through this song, I have already done it. And so no matter what my situation is or what your situation is today, no matter what it looks like, Jesus says, I have already done it. I have overcame, I have overcame, I have won your the victory for you. I have won your freedom. I have won it all for you. And when you when you stop to think about what that could possibly mean, you can't sit quiet. You realize there's so much that God has done for us through Jesus. Oh, my Lord, my heart is bursting with joy just to know what I know. I like to start my messages by asking a question. And the question I love to uh, want to ask you this morning is, are you experiencing God's peace? Are you experiencing God's peace? That's the question. And so I want you to bow my head, your heads with me, as I invite the Lord to lead and to speak through me. Father, I thank you this morning that I am so assured of what you have done for me. Lord, I have confidence this morning in your ability. Lord, what you have done for me and what this song just reminded me of, God, is that I I'm a winner. I am an overcomer because you have done it all. And there's no battle for me to fight. All I need to do is to hear and obey. So Father, this morning as I speak to your children, your daughters, your sons, Father, will you allow them to hear you? Will you minister to them individually, Lord? You know where they, they are individually. You know what they need to hear, how they need to be reassured this morning. You know how they need to be encouraged this morning. You know what, Father God, what they have been praying and crying out to you for this morning. Will you come this morning and speak through me? Father, I just give you thanks. I just bless your name this morning, Father because you are indeed a good God. And so, Father, I ask you this morning to speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Sweet heavenly doubt, it says, stay right here with me, with us, filling us with your love. And for each blessing, we lift our hearts in praise, because without a doubt, we know that we will be revived when we end this Zoom call today. We know, we will know because we will experience you, Father. We will know that we have been revived when we end this Zoom call today. So, Father, speak. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. So I want to say welcome to my NLH family. 
those of us are on, we, we miss Sister Anne this morning. She's traveling and we want to say thank, welcome to our Mixelar family, those who are listening on Mixelar this morning. Welcome to New Life Horizon Church, Sister Ruth, welcomed you already, but I just saw fit to include my welcome. The topic of my message this morning is, he is the Prince of Peace. Sister Ruth alluded to it this morning by telling us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. She read the text this morning from Isaiah 9, from verses 3 to 7, to show us who this Prince of Peace is. And she listed some, some titles or name about him and what he came to do. And so this morning, as we go through the same story, the scripture and we look at Jesus the Prince of Peace I pray that you will go away knowing him better I pray that you will go away experiencing him because I am not about giving knowledge only I want you to gain knowledge but I want experience above everything else because when you experience him nobody can change what you know nobody can undo what you know you can, in, information is always changing. Knowledge is always increasing. And, and, and we broaden our, our knowledge as we read more. And maybe what you believe today, you may not believe next week because something new came. But when you experience Christ, nothing changes that. Nothing changes the experience. As I said, the text this morning in Isaiah 9 verse 6, and Sister Ruth read it for us. So we are just going to look at verse 6. For a child is born to us. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. A son is given to us. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The question I asked earlier, I ask again. Are you experiencing peace? I know it's rhetoric because you, you may not be in a position to answer, but I want you to look inwardly. Am I experiencing peace? And if not, why? Yesterday, I had an experience that was life-changing. And it's life-changing because I will never be the same. The Lord gave me a revelation on something that I would never had thought about. And I don't know about you, when, but... A lot, of the info, a lot of the information that I need or the life-transforming experiences I need, it has to be given to me by God. I do not have the brain capacity to think about it on my own. And so yesterday, the Lord showed me how he operates in his kingdom, how he moves things around to meet the needs of those who have, who have a need of, that needs to be met today. And he may delay those whose need can be delayed for various reasons. And he shows me how he moves. Actually, he showed me a bank account. He gave me bank, banking terminologies. And he spoke about um, him moving money from a saving account to a checking account because there's an overdraft. And, and going also to an investment account because there is also a need somewhere. So this morning, I don't know if you are the checking account in overdraft 
or you're the saving account or you're the investment account. But I want to share with you this morning what God has laid on my heart that as the Prince of Peace, he knows where peace is needed. He offers peace not the way, way the, the world offers peace because the world's peace is temporary. It is hinged on everything being okay, every condition being met. It is hinged on you having your bills paid. The last time prayer, your prayer is answered. You are not, you are well. It is hinged on many things. And so when those things, the conditions are right, some of us experience peace or the world experience peace. But the peace of God is different. It's permanent. It is not hinged on our circumstances being right. It has nothing to do, actually, it has nothing to do with your circumstances. It's not at the place where you wave that white flag and surrender and say, yes, I am, no. Peace comes, to, from, peace comes from God at the place where you say, yes, God, I am the one saying, hallelujah, you have won it all for me. I am the one, despite my, the evidence in my life, I am the one saying to you, yes, you have done it for me even though the evidence says otherwise. It's a knowledge, it's an understanding, it's an experience. It is based off that you know that you know that you know that you know, even though you can't touch it because it, it, it is more truth than facts. And so this morning, I want you to walk with me through this text. To hear what the Lord would have us to hear from him. Maybe as I said you are in overdraft. You are, you are lacking peace this morning. But the Prince of Peace is here. Maybe you are in an investment stage. Where you have so much peace you are experiencing this morning. Maybe you are at the place where you are a saving account. Where you are saying I have more than what is in my checking account. And I can stash away some. But wherever you are this morning, the Prince of Peace is here and he says, I come to give you more than you already have. And so if you are in the overdraft stage or state, where do you need the peace of God right now? Is it in your emotional or mental state or phase? Is it in your spiritual phase? Is it in your relational? Is it physical? Whatever need you have today, God is here. And you may wonder, but how could Jesus be the Prince of Peace in a world filled with war and violence? Tashina just prayed about the suicides and the children being murdered. And you may ask, but how can God, Jesus, be the Prince of Peace and yet the world, all of those things are happening around the world? Jesus being the Prince of Peace does not negate the fact that things will go wrong. But what it does, it, it guarantees a rest, the ability to rest in him despite what is happening. It guarantees the ability to rest on him and in him. He says the government will be rest on his shoulder because he has won the victory. So our text this morning, Isaiah, is it that speaks about this Prince of Peace who is to come. 
but for us he has already he, he, he came and throughout the Old Testament, God continues and, and promises and unfolds this plan for re-establishing peace on earth by sending a savior. This period of history that Isaiah wrote about was a, a time similar to now or maybe worse, where the Assyrians took the Israelites into captivity because they had disobeyed God. And God responds to a world of doom and gloom was peace. You'd have thought that for God to send his son, he would send him with money. Because I keep thinking about that. I said, but God, why would Jesus be born in a world of such doom and gloom and poverty, yet you allowed him to be born poor? Why didn't you send him with the riches of heaven? Why didn't you send him with the tangible riches, the gold that are on the streets of heaven and the diamond streets? And the, why didn't you send some of that from heaven to earth? God is about giving hope. Because he knows that when you have him, you have everything. God knows that once you and I have Jesus, we have everything. Yesterday, we did an exercise in a group that I was a part of. And I asked them to, the assignment was for them to list five things that they are complaining about, five things that are not going well in their lives, and to list 20 things that are happening that they can give thanks for. And we realized very early that though they... They, 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 they may share various things. They are a variation of only three. Sickness, money, financial need. Actually, we boil it down to two. Because everything that they were complaining or needed had to do with the need for money or the physical health. And we realized that everything that they had to give God thanks for, money could not buy. They gave thanks for the ability to see, the ability to wake up, the ability to hear, the ability to, to realize that they, 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 their children were well. Even if they had flu, they were not hospitalized. And if, even if they were, they were not unto death. And that money could not restore them. And so this morning, as we go through this, I want you also to think about the things that are bad in your life. And I can guarantee that you will narrow it down to money. You need money to pay bills. You need money to do this. You need money. But if you stop to think about the things that are going good in your life, I can guarantee you that they were not, money did not meet those needs. The peace that you have, the rest you got last night, you did not pay for someone to put you to sleep. There was nobody who was paid this morning to wake you up. That beautiful face that you came on with this morning, nobody was paid for it. Nobody went and had their faces made up this morning and paid to have it made up. And so this morning, I want us to think about the goodness of God. And that in and of itself will give you some added peace to what you currently have. In verse 6 that I just read, God promised a deliverer 
And the deliverer, as we were told this morning from Sister Ruth, is Jesus the Messiah. He, the Messiah would be a child, and he would be a child that was born, not a child that zoom in from somewhere. But he was to be born, but, and he was not an angel. He would be a man, but more than a man, because he was also the son of God, fully man. And at the same time, he was fully God who came to be the sacrificial lamb to take away the sins of the world that Tashina just prayed about. Your sins, my sins. The government will rest on his shoulders. He would carry and bear the weight. This Messiah would bear many names. And each element of his name has a special significance. He was the wonderful counselor. He was the mighty God. He was the everlasting father. He was the prince of peace. Today we want to focus on the title and the name, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace in Hebrew is Shar Shalom. And it means the one who removes all peace disturbing factors and secures peace. Imagine, he removes anything that disturbs peace. He removes it and he secures peace. As the Prince of Peace, Jesus' peace will characterize his eternal reign upon earth, which will be fulfilled at his return, according to Revelation 3.21. God's peace exceeds anything you and I can understand. It exceeds anything that you and I can explain if there is no experience. So we cannot understand or explain the peace of God if it's something we have not experienced. Because there are times that where you experience the peace when everything around you, like in Jamaica, we say all house tumbling down. And you're wondering, is something wrong with me? Why am I not in a turmoil? Why am I at relaxed? Why am I going through this? Even though all of those factors are not right. This morning, one of the first points I want to share with you is that Jesus makes peace with God and us and reveals that salvation is the pathway to peace. This peace that Jesus brings cannot be experienced without the salvation that is offered, without accepting the forgiveness of sin, without being able to be reconciled with the Father. Jesus, in, 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 in reconciling us to the Father, changes our relationship from being enemies of God to being children of God. Can you believe that's what we were? We were enemies of God. You think it's easy to be an enemy of God? Do you think as an enemy we could really have fought against God and won? Colossians 1, 19 to 22 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood. 
that Jesus made peace for us with the Father, strengthened our relationship where we are now children of God with the Father by giving his life. Jesus, Tashina, the song is so apt applicable at the time you, you played it. Jesus won it all. Jesus did something for you and I that we could not have done for ourselves. And because of that, we have the possibility of entering into his rest. We were once alienated from God. We were enemies in our minds because everything that we desired to do was evil. No matter how moral we were, it was insufficient for us to be in relationship with God without the work of Christ. But now, having been reconciled by Jesus, you and I can go into the Father without blemish and free from accusation because Jesus paid it all. You and I can now experience peace because of what Jesus has done. You and I now have access to what true peace looks like, not the peace of the world, because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has reconciled us to the Father. For me, this in itself brings so much peace. I don't have to be fighting I don't have to be pushing. I have peace because of what Jesus did. And if you have been reconciled, if you have the salvation, if you have accepted the free salvation of Jesus, you too can experience that peace. My second point this morning is Jesus creates peace in us and demonstrates that his peace guards our hearts and minds. The text this morning that, 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 that supports my claim is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. Paul in Philippians 4, Paul was in prison. And Paul being in prison, you would have wondered, but how can someone be in prison? What does he know about peace? But Paul wrote to the Philippian church and he, and, he, and, he, and he writes to them and he says, we are the peace of God guards your hearts and your minds. So that is why I can be in prison writing to encourage you because my heart and my mind is guarded by the peace of God because I am his. I am the child of God. But he goes a little further and he says to them, not only does the peace of God guard your heart and your mind in Christ, but he says, as you live in Christ Jesus, this peace will guard your heart and your mind. In essence, he's saying, if you're not living in Christ, your heart and your mind cannot be guarded or will not be guarded. Psalms 15 tells us what it is like to live in Christ. It says you live blameless, not sinless, blameless. There's a big difference between sinless and being blameless. Sinless says, I do not sin. But blameless says, when I sin, I keep short accounts. I go quickly to the Father. I deal quickly with my deficit. I do not leave my checking account in an overdraft state for long. I go to the investment. I draw on the investment of Christ. I go to the savings account of Christ and I draw on it so that I can meet the need of my overdrawn account. 
To live in Christ means that you do what is right. You speak the truth from sincere hearts. You refuse to gossip and you speak, you do not speak evil of others. That is what Psalms 15 says. It says, who may ascend, who may dwell? These are the conditions to live in Christ. When you and I are in Christ, we will experience his peace. And so Paul says, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds when we live in Christ. But he goes further by telling us in verse four, he says, rejoice always. And my translation with the NLT says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Those are one of the, the, the other times that you can experience peace. We can only experience peace when we are rejoicing in the Lord. Notice. The object of our joy is not us. The object of our joy is not our circumstances. The object of our joy is not our bank accounts. The object of our joy is not our circumstances being okay. The object of our joy is the Lord. Far too often, you and I experience peace when our circumstances are good. Far too often, it is our circumstances that dictates if we are at peace. The joy of the Lord is an, is an inner gladness and pleasure, which results from the inner assurance and confidence in God, despite the circumstances in our lives. So the joy that Paul is telling us to, to draw and to experience this peace has nothing to do with your inability to pay a bill, your inability to do, as I said, it narrowed down to two things, health and money. And most times those are what we use to dictate if we are experiencing joy or we are in, experiencing peace. But Paul is saying to us that when you and I learn to rejoice in the Lord, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. He goes on further and he says, he, he, he says, verse five, he said, let everyone see that you are considerating all you do. The word considerate is translated in different translations as gentle, patient, soft. Paul says, when you, your heart and your mind is, is guarded by Christ, it is as a result of you being gentle, patient, considerate, and soft to all men. And that one hit me. Because as Jamaican, especially Jamaican women, we are told to be strong. And we are told that we are strong. And I've learned more and more and I've been learning more and more that what we consider, that forcefulness, that arrogance that we consider strength, consider strength is actual weakness. Paul says, when you are gentle, when you are soft to men, when you are patient to men, when you are constant, and he's not speaking about male men, he's speaking about all men, human, woman, men, boy, men, girl, men. When you are gentle and patient and considerate, to others you will experience the peace of God 
Paul knew that you and I would be here this morning, especially being born in Jamaica, in, in a culture that says we need to be go-getters and we need to, we need and we need. Paul is saying no. God's peace we know, can only guard your heart when you have learned to be gentle and patient. Patient means to wait upon God. Consider it means that you're thinking about others above self. Soft means that you're not rough and rugged, but you are tender and gentle. And he goes back at the end of that verse and he says, remember. The Lord is coming soon. That's what Paul is saying. Remember, live with the awareness that the Lord is coming soon. And that should give you added peace. Having the knowledge that Christ is coming soon should influence how you and I live as wise and not unwise. Yesterday, I was privy to a conversation of a group of women who spoke about having things. And we, we, we came to the conclusion, which they recognized that all of them knew as older women, that the things that you have saving up for your children, they do not want. None of us wants, want our mother's cabinet and the, and, and the crockery that she saved up to you when guests comes. None of us wants our mother's um, souvenir that she, she, she buys when she goes to these places and she wants to come back to remember where she, she has been. None of us wants them in the will. And so we are realizing that we have spent time on earth gathering things, hoping that when we go, our children would want it, but none of our children want it. And we are learning that a lady shared that even a piece of land, our son said, I don't want it, sell it. I don't want it. Because I'm not going there to live. I'm not going there to do anything. A lady told me about her house she had in, as in Canada. That she, 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 she and her husband would take their children to every summer. And her husband passed off and they have not been able to visit Canada anymore. Because she's now older. And her children said, mommy, sell it. We do not want it. She is, she is devastated. She thought her children would have been in need of their Canadian home for memory. They want to make a memory of for themselves. She thought they would want her, her silver wares. Nobody wants to be polishing silver utensils. Jesus is, Paul is saying to us that God's peace come to us and guard our hearts and our minds when we live with the awareness that Jesus is coming back. So everything we do, we do with that in mind. All the money that we're spending to buy things to hoard and to look at, when we have to get to that place of decluttering, it's wasted money. The Lord asked me a question about two or three weeks ago. He asked me about the clothes that I have bought that I no longer wear, that I had to either give away, throw away. He said, what have you done? What have you done? Can, is, any, is, is there anybody thanking me because you have spent that money? No, that money was spent only on me, for my benefit, for my good, for, for me, for me to feel good about myself, for my self-centeredness. And the same question I ask you today, are you living with the awareness that Jesus is coming back soon?
or are you still so caught up in this mindset that I need to have this for me? I need to have I, I may I need to have at least six sheets for my bed. I need to have, and you can list your need to have because it varies from persons to persons. Paul says, when you live with the awareness of the return of Christ. You will be mindful of what you do and then the peace of God can guard your heart and your mind. He goes on to verse six and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Paul is saying, for you to experience the peace of God, you have to swap prayer for worry. You have to replace worry with prayer. And he didn't say pray about something. He said pray about everything. Tell God everything you need. Because when you do, when you tell God everything you need and you choose not to worry, he said the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. Then he goes on further. And he says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Still in verse 6. Paul in essence is saying, giving thanks. Giving thanks, being grateful instead of complaining, allows you and I to experience the peace of God and our hearts are guarded and our minds are guarded by the peace of God. In Isaiah, the Israelites went into bondage in Babylon because God had warned them and they did not obey. They honored God with their words, but not with their conduct. So they said one thing, Lord, we will do. But when the rubber hits the road, they did what they wanted to do. They said one thing, but did another. And God was getting ready to free them from their oppressors. And in Isaiah 48, verse 18, he reminds them that the reason they have no peace was because they disregarded his command. He said to them, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being like the waves of the sea. Is that what Jesus is saying to you this morning? If only you had paid attention to his command, your peace would be like the river. There's time that he allows us to go through a situation because he says, I want you to know my peace. I want you to know me. And my third point this morning is Jesus provides peace for us and demonstrates that faith in him is necessary to maintain peace. So let us recap. We cannot have peace without salvation. We cannot have peace without the peace of God that is guarding our hearts and our minds. And no, we cannot have peace without faith. John 14, 27 tells us that Jesus, shows us that Jesus responds to our financial struggles, personal difficulties and health problems with peace through the Holy Spirit. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. 
do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In John 16, 33, he informed his disciples about the peace they have in him to prepare them for the many troubles, trials, and sorrows that they would have encountered on earth. He knew that they were going to have trouble. But he said to them, take heart. I have already overcome the world. You and I cannot experience God's peace unless we have faith in him. And we have to have the faith to believe that he can solve our problems. He can resolve our problems. Actually, faith to believe that he has already done it because the scripture says he is seated. And if he's seated, it means that he's not at work. He's done. He has solved our problems one go. We wonder sometimes, why do we lose our peace? Why do I lose peace? Why am I peaceful today? And the possibility exists that by Wednesday I may be in turmoil. It's because I do not have faith in God. I do not consistently believe that God will do what he promises. I believe today. I do not believe tomorrow. Or I believe that he should do it the way I want him to do it. We cannot have peace without faith in God. My fourth and final point is, Jesus invites us to be the ambassadors of his peace to the rest of the world to demonstrate that humility is necessary to maintain peace. Cannot have peace without humility. How have you been humbling yourself to maintain peace in your homes, in your workplace, in your families, even in NLH? How have you been humble? Proverbs 13 tells us, Proverbs 13, 10 tells us, peace leads to conflict. Pride, I'm sorry, leads to conflict. Arrogance leads only to strife. Pride leads to conflict. Arrogance leads only to strife. Is there strife and conflict around you? Check it. Could it possibly be that there's pride and arrogance, no humility? Because humility is necessary to maintain peace. Matthew 5, 9 tells us that the blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. A peacemaker must learn to be humble. A peacemaker must be humble to actively pursue and create peace to bring about reconciliation to a broken relationship. Actually, it is a peacemaker who is always intentionally pursuing peace. Creating an environment for peace. Not the peacekeeper. The peacekeeper will avoid every argument and will people please just to have peace. But the peacemaker says, I will do the necessary work. I will lay my life down to maintain this atmosphere of peace. I will be the one through which reconciliation takes place. 
Romans 12, 18. as reconciled to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And as he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. You and I cannot experience peace without humility. Because we are without the humility, we are expecting everyone to set the conditions around us. And we are to be there, just beneficiaries of the, of the atmosphere. No, you and I have to be intentional. We have to be the ones who go out. We have to be the ones who said, I am choose to pursue peace i choose to create peace i choose to be the peacemaker when you are inwardly tossed when you are weary burdened tempted and disturbed jesus invites you to come to him and find rest in matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 and as the prince of peace he gives peace to his disciples so if this morning you are not having peace you need to stop is it because i'm not humble is it because I am not having faith in God? Is it because I am not giving thanks? I am not living in Christ? Is it because I am not rejoicing despite the negative circumstances that I am living in? Is it because I am not gentle and patient and considerate and soft? Is it because I am not living with the full awareness that Jesus is coming back and all the things I think I need to have I can live without them because it's, it's coming soon. That may not be something that you want to hear this morning. Because if you are focused sometimes the way I am focused and I know that I need what I think I, that I need, you cannot hear any other message but that God is going to give you what you need. John 16, 33, Jesus says to his disciples, in me, you may have peace. And I love the fact that he says me. Because it's an option. It's a decision. You choose peace from the option of peace or conflict. You choose peace by being humble. You choose peace by having faith. You choose peace by giving thanks despite what is happening. Jesus said, in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. It, 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 it is guaranteed. He said, you're always going to have problems. You're going to always have something that's not working the way you want it to be worked out. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Psalms 119 verse 165 tells us that nothing can make those who love God's law and have his peace stumble. 
Because according to Isaiah 1, 26, verse 3, God promises to keep in perfect peace those whose eyes are stayed on him and trust him. So if you are not having peace this morning, your eyes are not on God and you are not trusting him and you are not giving thanks and you are not humble and you are not faithful and you are not rejoicing and you are not praying instead of worrying and you are not giving thanks instead of complaining. My sisters and my brothers listening on Mixelar and, and, and on NLH, where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? Remember, God is coming soon. The things that you are hoarding, the things that you think you need to buy to be happy, God is coming. There's no need for them after a while. Ensure that your treasures are in heaven. Ensure that you lay up your treasures. Your investment account is filled with praise and thankfulness. Ensure that your investment account has rejoicing, joy, and peace. Ensure that your investment account has the thing that is that are going to be necessary for you when Jesus comes, when he returns. And this is what I'm not saying. I am not saying that you're going to be so heavily minded that you're earthly no good. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, get your priorities right. Get your priorities right. If you look back in life, there were many times you worried about things. You wanted a stove, you wanted a fridge, you wanted a new television. And you felt that if you did not get them at the time, oh my God, you needed a new car. You needed somewhere to live. At different points in our life, we went through these moments that caused us to worry. And we lacked the peace of God. Worrying about things that when you look back, you had, you got them. Did the worry give them to you? No, it was God's timing. God's timing. So check your peace. You think you need to work more. You need to work more. You need a better job. You need a job. Whatever it is. I remembered having a conversation, I would say about six years. Because time, are, time is so moving fast that sometimes you can't recall the, the, the time frame in which things happen. And a friend of mine called me. She was in a similar situation. We both migrated to America. And she was on a contract. And her contract had expired. And a friend of hers called her and said, you just come, came to America. You're just here in America. What do you have in place for social security when you get older? And she called me and she said, what do you? And I said... <laughs> Social who? <laughs> I have no double O nothing. I have no social nothing. I have nothing. And at the time she, she had nothing. And we spoke about it. And we prayed. And what we both recognized that God was saying to us. It is good to have your double, double 401. It is good to have your social security. But it is better to have him. Listen to what I am not saying. I am not saying that you should not save up money for rainy day. But I'm telling you, ensure that while you're saving up money for rainy day, you are saving up treasures in heaven that you can withdraw from when you need a withdrawal. 
Amen, amen. Because if there's nothing in your saving bank and there's nothing in your investment bank, there's no praise, there's no trust, there's no faith, there's no humility, there's nothing to draw on when you really need it and money cannot buy it. My sisters, my brother, God wants us to be humble. He wants us to be so filled with joy. He wants us to trust him that today, though you cannot see it, though you cannot see it, you can trust his heart. At my age, 53, I have experienced so many moments where I, I thought I was going to die. At the age of 16, you know, I wanted to die. You know why? I wasn't allowed to go out how I wanted to go out. And I prayed to die. I wouldn't kill myself, but I prayed to die that God. And I remembered getting an opportunity one, one holiday and we went on a boat. And the boat, the engine, the engine um, broke down and the boat was drifting away. And I was so happy because we I'm going to die finally. My brother is crying. My cousin was on the boat. All three of us from the same home, they are crying because they want to live. But I am so at peace. I am so glad I'm going to die because when I get, go home, I can't go out again. Every time I ask to go out, I am told why I can't go out. And I, I prefer to die. And I look back now at 53 years old, I can go wherever I want to go. And I choose not to go. Do you realize how short-sighted we are? wanting to die because I, I don't have the freedom to go like my friends and so and I remember when I saw another abode coming in to, to, to us and I was so sad when everybody was rejoicing I was sad I'm so oh my god I'm gonna have to live and go through this again but I could not see I could not see that 37 years later I was going to have the freedom to go where I wanted to go. I didn't have to ask if I could go to be told I cannot go. I choose to go where I want to go. My sisters, I pray that you are not short-sighted the way I was short-sighted. That your current situation right now is not causing you to be hopeless. Because there's not enough money. Because most times, as I said, everything narrows down to health and money. And if it's not health, if money is your current problem this morning. You want more money to do something. That is the problem of most of us on the line this morning. We think that money answers all things. That is what we say this morning. But that's not true. When you sit and write the things down that you have to be grateful for, money did not provide those things. Money did not provide the oxygen that you're breathing this morning. Money did not provide the health that you have this morning. So we come this morning to communion. And we come looking back, not at the fact that I wanted to kill myself years ago. Not kill myself, but to die. Let me rephrase. But we come looking back at the one who gave his life so that you and I today can sit and experience peace and have rest tonight. When you and I go to our bed tonight, we can sleep. We can fall asleep. Some may fall asleep quicker than some. Some may be able to sleep longer than some, but we still can sleep. 
not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. And so we want to look back at the work of Jesus on the cross. And we want to remember that the Prince of Peace came so that we can experience peace. His presence in our lives is the source of our peace. And he has the ability to keep our peace. So this morning, I want you to get your emblems, your, your, your wine, your water, your, your grape juice, your bread, biscuit. We are going to go before the Lord this morning. We want to remember what the Prince of Peace did for us. And why we are able to experience this peace. We draw near this morning. I pray that you have your emblems. If you have it, just let me know by nodding. If you have it, wave, say yes, whatever method of communication. So that I will know that you have it and we can go forward. This morning, we know that this cracker is not the body, but it represents it. We are using a day to represent the body of Christ this morning. And we are believing that when we pray over our juice, wine, grape, whatever it is, we are believing that there will be an impartation. That the Holy Spirit will in his own way. We don't understand how it works. But what he will do, he will do something to this that changes the form of what it does. So instead of going to our bodies for physical nutrition, it will go to our bodies for spiritual nutrition. It will bring healing where healing is needed, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Whatever healing that needs to take place, we are believing that these emblems will represent, will be the healing, the, the connection to, to our healing this morning. Where we are lacking peace because we have no faith, we are believing that as we eat of these emblems this morning, that supernaturally we'll be drawn to trust God more. We, God will give us an experience to trust him more. I found myself praying prayer that may seem stupid, but I'm saying to the Lord, do not close any door before me anymore. Tell me no. I am mature enough to respond to your no. Tell me, I am not giving it to you. I don't want a door and I'm not going to beg. And if you said no, I'm going to accept the no because I know that my God knows what is best for me. And I'm saying to him, and I, and, and I said to him this morning, I said, give me the experiences, no matter what they look like, to get me to that place where I look more like you. I am going to cry. I'm going to scream. But I cannot get to the state of being Christ-like without the experience that will cause me to be Christ-like. I don't know about you. I want to be able to sleep on a boat like Jesus in the midst of a storm. That's peace. I want to be like Jesus where I can say, I do not have anywhere to lay my head, but I do not worry about it because I know my father will provide. That's peace. I don't want to be hurried and having to rush to make money and to work about money. Jesus says, I do not have. Go and catch a fish to get a coin to pay, to pay, to pay our taxes. 
because he has no wallet, he has no saving account, no investment account, because he depends totally on his father. That is where I want to be. I need the experience. And will I cry when I'm going through it? Of course I will. Will I call, you, call out to you for prayer? Of course I will. But at the end of it, I become more Christ-like. And I do not desire for anything to hinder me from becoming more Christ-like. So this morning, I pray my sisters and my brother, our brothers listening on Mixelar, that this morning you too will be resolute in your stance. Far too long we are at the same place. Far too long we are at the same place. And we want the blessings, but we do not desire the experience. I cannot know peace until I've been brought through turmoil to recognize that peace can be had in turmoil. And so as we pray over our emblem this morning, I ask you to join me. And if there's a need for you to confess your sins, actually, let us all confess, because there's something always, confess to the Lord for a lack of faith. Confess to the Lord where we have doubled in our thoughts, where we have gossiped, where we have lied, where we have slandered. Whatever the sin, I don't know what the sin is. You, I'm just listing sins. You know where you are short. You know where you are not blameless. Let us go before the Lord this morning and ask him to forgive us of our sins and bring us back into right standing so we can stand, as the scripture says, so that we can live in Christ according to Psalms 15. Blameless. Before him. The Father, I come this morning confessing sins, God, sins that I don't even am aware of because, Lord, I am, I am quite aware that they are the sin of omission, things that I do not know that I have done, things that I'm unaware that I have done because it, has, it, has, it, has, it is actually second nature. I have done it so often that my conscience can possibly be seared. Lord, where I come up short before you, where I have been weighed and I come up unbalanced, Lord God, reveal it to me. Lord, I need to know the things in me that I need to rid of so that I can surrender them to you. Father, I am mindful that I am a sinner. I am mindful, Father, that I tend to sin and Father, this morning I ask you to forgive me of every sin, known and unknown. Every unconfessed sin in my life, every unconfessed sin in the life of NLH members and Mixelar members listening. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, where we have not trust you, trusted you, where we have thought that it, it is our earning that does the difference and make the difference, where we have thought, Father God, that if we have more money, life would be better, forgive us. Forgive us for depending on, on, on that thing that I, I listened to this morning, so where, we are, where, where we are cuffed to cash because we think that money answers all our problems, forgive us. Forgive us, Father God, where we have made you small and have made our circumstances large. 
forgive us where we have lost our peace because something or someone said something or did something and we gave up. We threw away the peace of God that we once had just because someone or something was done. Father, I come before you this morning on behalf of us NLH members and I ask you, Father, to rid us of the things that easily beset us. The sins in our life that cause us today to be on the mountaintop and tomorrow we are down in the valley crying and kicking and screaming. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father God, where we have looked at the thing that others have and we have become jealous and envious and that has eroded our peace. Forgive us where we think that we should be further along our journey than we are because we thought, we thought that we have done so much for you that we should have been further. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father God, when we look at other person's stories and we say their stories look different from our stories and we think that we are better because our story may look a little different. Forgive us. Whatever it is that we need to be forgiven of this morning, Father, forgive us, we pray. And Father, we present these emblems before you. And we ask you, Father, that though they are mere cracker and bread and juice and water and wine, that God, when you, through the Holy Spirit, touch them, they will do a transformation in our hearts, in our minds, the very place that we need to experience God's peace. That, Father, you will come in our physical bodies and you will cause us to be healed where we need to be healed. That, Lord, the truth is, Lord, mentally, sometimes we are not where we are supposed to be because we are distracted by the things around us, the things that are besetting us. But, Father, I pray that you will come into our homes, Lord, right where we are, and that you will touch these emblems. And as we eat of these emblems, God, we look back at the work of Christ. And what is more important to us is the reconciliation that was brought for us through Jesus' blood and his body being broken and his blood being shed. Father, we thank you that we are no longer enemies of God. We are no children of God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God. No longer enemies of God, but children of God. And so, Father, we thank you for the work you have done through your son. Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that what you will do through these emblems, we will never be the same. And so we give you thanks, Father, as we take and partake of these emblems in Jesus' name. Amen. So let us break our cracker, break our bread, or wafer, whatever you have prepared, and let us eat. And as you chew, and as you put it in your mouth and you're chewing, remember, remember what needs to be done. Look back at what needs to be done. Remember what Jesus did and what he did, how it will impact and influence your now. Your, your, and, your, and, and your present. So let us eat together, my sisters. And in the same manner as he broke the bread and he ate, he gave them and they ate. 
he gave them the drink and they drank believing that his blood will wash away their sins his blood will make them new so let us drink together Oh my God, I threw out wine. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you overcame for us. Thank you this morning we can claim victory. We're not working for victory. We are already victorious because you did it. May we be reminded today that when life comes tomorrow, when life comes this evening to remind us of what we do not have, to remind us of what we need to have that everybody else has, God, that we'll really remember that we are already victorious. We already have everything we need for life and for godliness. And each day you'll unwrap and present. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>